Catch-22 landing in your headspace once again on some of that R&B vibe, Fosty. Yeah, we do. We're jumping in on it. We got uh, Kyle Forrester here. We got Mark Stanis and myself, Phil Jones. Kyle Cantlin is uh, somewhere in the uh, sports journalism labyrinth. Rumored to be downtown uh, trying to secure an interview with Wayne Gretzky. I could be <laughs> wrong on that. Doing something. Something that means he's not here. Moonlighting. Like Sybil Shepard and uh, Bruce Willis. So many layers, I don't think we should begin to peel back. Right, the Mitador is down there, and you gotta you got to leave a trail of breadcrumbs to get back, and I guess he didn't. But uh, we're going to press on with the three of us here, and we got some uh, topics to discuss with y'all. Uh, we're talking Raptors later on in the show, our topic of the week. The burning questions coming up for the upcoming Raptors season that is starting any day now. A uh, huge QB controversy. Well, let's not get uh, Dallas always gets a lot of a lot of airplay. It's not a huge QB controversy, but it's it's pretty big deal. It's a pretty big news story. Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. I believe Dak is short for Dakota. Yep, is that correct? Dakota Prescott. QB controversy coming off the bye week, playing the Eagles. Who do you start, the young upstart rookie, or do you go to Tony Romo? But they've named their starter, so we're going to have a trial by opinion on that. And to begin with, we've got a new feature, a little over-under futures on the uh, gambling front. We're going to talk Austin Matthews. We're going to break down his uh, entry-level contract and some of the bonuses he could obtain. Whether you were asleep at the wheel or you just missed it, he scored four in his debut. So we're going to take that down first, our new segment on Austin Matthews over-under futures. Oh, that's getting that's getting real nice right there. Austin Matthews, boy wonder, Scottsdale, Arizona. What a debut! You guys watch that game? Oh yeah, uh, I saw some of it. Saw some of it. it. I was on the way. To I was that. doing laundry during that game. Believe it or not, I was following along on Twitter though, so I was I was in the loop. I was on the way to the game, and I missed the first period. I was meeting up with friends at a bar, and by the time I got there, I missed the first half of the first period, and there was already two goals. You missed the second goal then. I did. I mean, they did show the replay, you know, maybe <clears throat> 15 times by the end of that period. So I got the seat. It was, what a goal. Right? Wow. Yeah, the second what was a all game. time. It was, you know what? Like, I can't remember a Leaf moment that was so, you know, uplifting. Like, even when they were a little bit better in the 2004, like, there wasn't like that one moment because the last thing I remember the significant game was the collapse against Boston, right? Mm-hmm. So it. it Definitely uh, an interesting way to start the season, and great for the Leafs, great for the NHL, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, yeah, it was huge, man. I remember, uh, well, I had my hockey draft, my hockey pool draft. I walked in a little bit late, and I missed the first goal. And, you know, the Leafs scored first, the boys told me, and then, you know, uh, sends it answer back with two. The minute I sat down, I saw that second goal. So that's the first thing I ever saw in Matthews' career as a Leaf, is him just pick Carlson's pocket, skate in a score. Not too shabby, two goals. Kid goes on to score four, never been done before by a rookie in their opening game. Uh, it was insane, and obviously it's, uh, it's big news. So the contract that he signed is an entry-level contract, and if you, you go to my piece, catch22.com, catch22 sports, uh, you can look into that. Catch hyphen 22 sports. Hyphen, thank you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Hyphen, it's been a long day already. Uh, you get in there, and we, you know, I'll break down some of the, uh, the bonuses you can't achieve. It's, it's a real fun subplot to watch these levels and see if these kids can hit them. Uh, Lou Lamarillo famously uh, didn't give a kid one once in, uh, in New Jersey, so he's a little tight with the purse strings, but he has opened it up. I don't have the exact details of it all, but there is details 
of what the goals are for him to achieve. So I just, I just have a question here: Are the individual team um, bonuses are those um, unique to the team, or is that a general standard throughout the NHL? That's a general standard yeah. that was bargained okay. with. Because uh, there's like there's league bonuses, and then there's yeah. So from there's the schedule team, A right? and schedule B. The schedule B are league bonuses that are paid out. Okay, so that's if you get uh, an award if you finish top ten in scoring. And that can also be structured by the GM as well as a negotiation tactic to get you to sign. Like last okay. year, the bread man, who actually was hype last night, him and Pat Kane are deadly in Chicago, ended up getting close to two mil because he finished top 10 in scoring, mm-hmm. which I guess is far-fetched in essence when you say, hey, you ta- finished top 10. It ended up happening. And he got that. So that was having to, <laughs> having to be paid out by the league. But keeping this on track, there are a certain set of goals, one of them being 20 goals. You right over there, Mark? Yeah, no. <laughs> Mm, yeah, Haven't we're good. Been in trouble. <laughs> Sorry, it was bizarre. It was said pause, but it wasn't. Let's go on. All good, man. <laughs> so the line is twenty goals. He opened with four. He's twenty percent of the way there. It could be a walk in the park, but we'll open it up. Mark, you will start with you. Austin Matthews, twenty goals over under this upcoming NHL season. I I think it's almost a given. I mean, barring some catastrophe catastrophe in the form of an injury i mean he got four which is you know 20 percent of the way there in a single game if he he doesn't have to score a goal today he doesn't have to score a goal on saturday and he's still on pace to get 82 in the season right so i mean i would be hard pressed uh to see him get any less than 30 to be honest maybe that's me being a little bit optimistic but i I think this 20 is is almost a gimme i don't think anyone disagrees with that yeah, I'll definitely take the over as well. I mean, four in the first game, like you said, he's on pace for however many now. Um, yeah, I can see him getting 30 as well. He'll still finish with the over 20 easily. He's the Leafs' best player, arguably, right now. He's their best goal scorer. I think he's already proved that. So he's going to be put in the position to score as many goals as possible. He's going to be on the power play. He's going to be getting all the opportunities in the world to increase that goal total. So it's, there's no doubt he'll score, score over 20. Sweet. So depending on how that's structured in, he's he's going to get a nice payday on that. So that 20-goal bonus. So we're all maybe in agreement he's going over 30. That might be a more realistic over-under yeah, line. I right set it now, at 30.5. Yeah. I predict he's going to finish at 31. I mean, that's still fairly bold because in the past 10 years, there's only been six rookies to score more than 30. I mean, but after a four-goal start, mm-hmm. obviously you're jumping to conclusions here, but not getting too crazy saying he's going to score 40. So we'll move on from that. We're all over on that. Here's one that wasn't in our program breakdown, but i got to throw it out there. It's really unique. It's a 35-assist minimum. And 35 assists is tough, mm-hmm. all right? So over-under, Marky, what are you thinking? Austin Matthews, 35 assists. I'm thinking under on this. I think he might be one of the, I wouldn't say necessarily rare players, but one of those who might have as many goals as assists. Yep. I mean, it happens, you see it with Ovechkin time and time again. And, I mean, the next, very next game, the second game of the season, uh, the Leafs fared pretty well in Boston, and they had a bunch of other rookies score, but you didn't see him on the, the score sheet then. And um, it's such a small sample size. I'm not trying to extrapolate yeah. that much from it, but, I mean, it's it's entirely possible that he scores 30 goals and only gets 30 assists. I mean, they're pairing him up with some other younger players and as he matures into maybe the the key goal scorer you can maybe find other young players will will lean on him and they did in that very first game he scored what some would say were some garbage goals but if you watch the tape he had a very you know heads up um you know acclimate himself like he knew where to be on the ice to get those goals and make them look easier than they really were i would say 
So this is 35 assists over under? 35 apples, Foster. Um, I'm going to take the under, I think, on this. Just based pretty much Mark covered it for me. Like, just seeing at who he's playing with, it could be tough for him to get those assist numbers and just looking at how he's played so far and the type of player he is. He's showing that he might be thinking goal, not necessarily uh, getting his teammates involved as much. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go under on 35 assists. All right, I'm the lone guy going over. Uh, I'm trying to think what I got him down for. I've got him uh, with 30, possibly 36 assists. Any event, I'm not even sure what I'm I looking have here. You uh, you said 36. Did oh, say- sorry, no, you said I think we pencil him for 35. You didn't you didn't quite put a number, but you said based off in Zurich uh, when he played in Switzerland, he did. I have, I have him with 36 assists yeah. and 31 goals, 67 total points. So oh, my logic and reasoning here is Babcock will release the hounds on the power play, and he'll get a lot of those apples on the power play. So if he gets a lot of opportunities, you have a Mitch Marner who can snipe, JVR in there, Kadri, and on the back end, it's looking like they're going a bit more with Gardner and Zatsev, wearing number 22 for your Toronto Maple Leafs. I had Riley in the pool, so I'm a little concerned he's not getting as many minutes on the power play, but I think Matthews will get a bulk of assists Rebound chances, the way I see it, he's going to be going for the goal. But you got some hands there that can bury. And the Leafs on the power play, even though they haven't scored one yet, are definitely going to factor into the mix there. So those assists, yeah, he will be under 35 assists, but you factor in those power play assists. I got him just straddling that, and it'll be something to, to watch on, right? So I guess that being said, if you guys got him under 35 assists, what are we, we doing we with 60? We have him at the 6. I have him at the 6. I said 30 and 30. Yeah, like, I'm around. I'm around. Points? Between 60 65 points, yeah. Right. And I guess the last thing to discuss is actual uh, – we're going to go ice time or plus minus. I think he's going to be in the uh, the top. I think plus minus. I mean, ice time I think will be it, – It's a given. It's going to be up there. It seems like it will be a given if the first game was an indication. Oh, he, yeah. He's young, like I said, injury. But I think the, the thing here to discuss is maybe plus minus. Like he was the one who got caught on that – three-on-three overtime goal. Now, I don't think overtime, I mean, power play goals and penalty kill, they don't count to your no. total. I don't know if three-on-three goals plus minus, but if there's any facet of his game that does need to mature, it would be on the defensive side. Now, he's right. a big body, he has the skill set, but uh, you know, as he's getting more ice time on a team that still could be near the bottom, there's no guarantee that his plus minus is going to be uh, that high. Sometimes on these teams, if you're staying off the ice, you might end up with a better plus minus. Mm. Hey, well said, man. Uh, I think it'll be in top three of plus minus, but you're right. With those power play points not counting towards your plus minus, that'll be interesting to see how his two way game develops under Babcock and uh, with the other rookies and the dispersion of ice time. But it is a great story, something to look forward to as Austin Matthews hatches right here in Toronto, number 34 on your scar sheet from. Scottsdale, Arizona. Moving on, we have a debate coming up. We are talking a little Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. Once we come off the break, a little trial by opinion. Hey, guess what? The Dallas Cowboys are somewhat relevant again, and it didn't involve Tony Romo or Des Bryant. Craziness. Absolute madness. If I told you one team was 1-5 coming out of the break, you'd think it'd be the Cowboys and not the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, man, that is fright night. That is that is Cam Newton playing with a Ouija board somewhere in a corner. That's not looking good down there in Carolina. <laughs> I'm not a fan that, of the Panthers, so no 
love loss here. No tear shedding on this side of the room. Yeah, yeah I boldly much. took the Saints in our pick'em, and uh, wow, somehow that paid off. Uh, blew a twenty-one point lead, but yeah, things are dark in Carolina. But moving on from them, it is the light is shining on the Big D. Dallas is looking real good, although we could break down some of their games that they play, but that's for you two to discuss. Now, Tony Romo obviously is known as their quarterback. Was it uh, a neck injury well, in the preseason? this most recent one was a back injury. A back one, my bad, yeah. okay. The L1 vertebrae, to the, be exact. The L1, you, you don't specific. say. No doctor, but uh, that is my personal favorite vertebrae. Yeah, <laughs> so kind of a classic uh, story unfolding here. You have the young quarterback starting in the absence of a starter who got injured. Uh, some slight parallels to Brock Osweiler last season coming in for Peyton Manning. Also Friday Night Lights. I'll just drop that right now. <laughs> the actual TV show. The TV I've show, I've seen yeah. the movie, not the TV show. I'm I would say... I, Odessa, Texas, shout out. I have to admit, I like the way you're phrasing that. It's more Brock Osweiler. Well, the media is trying to tell us this is more Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah, so... Okay. Yeah, that, that's how I'm kind of launching that. Yeah. So basically, before you guys start your debate, you're going to take either side. I believe that uh, Fosty is taking the side of Tony Romo. Should get his job back. No, he's no, no. no that's my it. bad. Oh, you're taking Dax. <laughs> I'm taking Dax. Okay, you're taking, uh, you're taking Dax. Good old Prescott. Dakota. I'm taking my Dakota. Bad, my bad, folks. All right, I messed that up. Marky Mark, of course, Tony Romo. His boy. His third cousin. Big fan of uh, Tony Romo, we should prephrase before we get into this. So who wants to kick this off? I'll go first. Go ahead and take it. All right, I'm just going to start this by saying Tony Romo is one of the most overrated quarterbacks that has ever played in the NFL, and I am basing that off of very limited NFL knowledge and very short-sighted NFL knowledge. But he's been good. He's been he's never been great. I mean, he's won what is that two playoff games in ten years? Yeah, consistent injury trouble. Never made a Super Bowl. Like, what has he shown as far as legacy goes besides throwing throwing some yards? That's my first point. Um, he he just hasn't earned that untouchable status that players like Tom Brady has. He doesn't have that um, that level of a reputation to be able to say this. Prescott, seven touchdowns, one interception through six games. That's incredible. Um, he just destroyed Aaron Rodgers, made him look like the rookie in the matchup. Um I just think putting the brakes on the success that Prescott's showed so far could be just as damaging to his future as it is to the team's future. He's on a roll. He's got confidence. Like, why would you want to end that? The team's rolling. I know you have Tony Romo coming back, and that's tough. That's a tough situation. But, like, you have to look at what's best for the team and what's best for for your young, like, phenom-level quarterback. Um, With Prescott throwing TDs, Elliot on the line, running through everybody. Why would you want to mess with chemistry and p- potentially mess up a 5-1 and one team at this point? All right. Well, first off, full disclosure. It's my quarterback. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. I love Tony Romo. straight weeks now. I do love I, – well, <laughs> I'm using the tools at my disposal. Tony Romo, it, he is – one of my favorite players, and I think that, in fact, he's not one of the most overrated players. I would say, because of all this hate on Dallas, he'd arguably be one of the most underrated players. Now, a couple things to debunk that not only you brought up, but everyone brings up, that he's injury-prone. He has had a string of freak injuries in the past couple years, but before that, he had a four-year stretch where he played in 62 of 64 games. When you compare that to like Ben Roethlisberger, even Aaron Rodgers, all these quarterbacks, Tom Brady... They, all missed more games than Tony Roman. Now he's had this this you know short kind of couple different injuries. One was a collarbone, one's a shoulder, now's a back. So this is 
not necessarily a reoccurring injury. These seem, seem like three kind of freak injuries. Now, there's a chance that he's, a, he's an aging body and he's going to get hurt again. But in the last year and the, uh, the year before, in his last, he played 12 wins, sorry, he had 12 wins and three losses two years ago when they went to the playoffs. And last year, he started in four games, won three. So his record is 15-4 and four over the past two seasons. He is just the better talent. Now, he may not be the better all-time player. I mean, I, it's me tough. This, you know, Dak has played a, a small sample size of games, and he's been more game manager than anything. But the ceiling with Tony Romo was just that much higher. He's just the better player, and he's shown it with the chemistry that he's had with Dez. So, great, that, uh, you know, Dak Prescott can bring the most out of, like, Cole Beasley. I'd rather have the guy that can maximize the talent that Des Bryant has. And the thing that it comes down to is if Tony Romo was healthy, I haven't had a hard time anyone telling me that the Cowboys would be worse than 5-1. and one. They would still be 5-1. and one. Arguably, they'd be 6-0. and oh. uh, Dak has done a great job. And the people say, don't mess with a good thing. Everyone tells me or everyone tells in the Dallas media that he's such a good leader. He's so mature. If he's that mature and that good of a leader, he can take a seat and if everyone thinks that Romo's going to get hurt again, when that does, if it does happen, then he can step back in and not be a baby about it because he's such a mature leader and all that. Why? This is the type of move that we're going to just settle for him, and then we get to the first round of playoffs and face the, the Vikings or something, and we're going to get smoked because we, we capped ourselves off by putting in a rookie who just doesn't have the tool set that Tony Romo has. I'm nice done. one. Anybody else? you want to weigh in on <laughs> nah, anything? Good. You know what, man? Uh, I'm going to give that one to Mark. And it was right up until that last comment, you had it. Yeah. You, you completely forget about the playoffs, and that's a great and valid point that he makes, right? It's so easy just to go – hear me out on this. <laughs> so easy just to go all in on the rookie phenom, but yeah. there's so much to be said for experience in the playoffs in any sport, especially football, and especially if you're on the road. Now, Tony Romo hasn't had Sterling success in the playoffs. I mean, Two gifted, and three, I believe. Gifted that play so not, against the yeah. Lions, and then there was that Seattle fumble that wasn't great. What was his one other win? His other win was um, Seattle was the second round. Oh, that was the second round of the playoffs. They beat the Eagles in the first round. Okay, they beat the Eagles. Now, I don't think it matters who's quarterbacking the Dallas Cowboys right now when you have Ezekiel Elliott. Sorry, is that how you say his first name? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Zeke, whatever. Zeke. Zeke Elliott is the phenom. It's not as much Zach... Dak Prescott, right? <laughs> Dak Prescott, I'm looking at some of his Dak, Zach, Easy Keel. Bill Simmons made that same jump way back when, called <laughs> him Zach Prescott. Zach, Dak. Poop, or Poop Prescott before he saw Oh, boy. All right. So uh, Zeke and Dak, here we go. You know, So, I mean, I'm looking at some of these numbers here, and Dak has been the top passer twice out of the games when it was 245 against his opponent. Like, he's... He's doing well at game management, you're correct on that, but his stats aren't insane. Yes, that one initial stat of only throwing an interception after so many attempts is eye-catching, but he threw that interception, and I watched it against Green Bay, and it was a terrible interception. Mm-hmm. And you saw that, and that sort of – I mean, that was the worst possible thing that could have happened for his case. But to see that as a coach, a general manager, anybody as a fan, I see that. I'm like, wow, veteran doesn't make that pick there. So Tony Roman makes a lot more sense coming in, especially gearing up for the playoff run. And if he does get hurt, you got Dax, which is a nice a nice little card to have in your back pocket moving forward. So does, I'm in the camp that, that Romo would make more sense to start once, I guess, week nine hits. What about, how about six weeks from now? Say the Cowboys are seven and five. Would that be, that, that would be well, I, I think, honestly, would the Would you leash, still be on this? Uh, 
Well, okay, here's the thing. So just just to clarify, they're on a bye right now. They're coming out. They're playing the Eagles. Romo is announced he's not going to play that game. And there's already, like, they're already laying their seeds in Dallas saying that he may not be ready for week nine against the Browns. The thing is, three weeks ago, when Dak was still doing really well, no doubt, they were saying how or Jerry Jones, when I say they, usually I mean Jerry Jones. This guy takes the podium every chance he gets in any game, and he talks about how Romo is so much ahead of his rehab schedule, alluding to the fact that he's only missing eight weeks because he has to because he's on IR. And now they're kind of flipping the script, rightfully so. They're using this health concern as an excuse, which I, I think is the mistake here, to basically buy themselves as much time as they want. I hope, and I believe it will be, the same situation that we saw in Denver last year with with. Brock Osweiler had a guy came in was winning. Peyton Kett was hurt until he wasn't hurt anymore. Like, I think they only announced like one game that Peyton was now healthy and they were still riding Brock, but he had a short leash. And the second he made a mistake, they put him in. And I don't have a problem if they do that, but that leash has to be like we're talking inches here. Like, right? It is a good strategy actually to do to not create the controversy, let the kids start, and then if there's a little bit of turbulence, all of a sudden who's coming off the bench is Tony Romo, and that could come. Definitely week 10. They're in Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger, how long is he out for? Well, Four to six. Four to yeah. six. So yeah. you're not even – you've seen Landry Jones at that point. I mean, had that been Pittsburgh at full steam, that could have been the move to make. Cleveland and Cleveland. Cleveland hasn't even won yet this season, although they've played a lot of teams. It could be this Eagles game. Close. That's the toughest defense they're going to play. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's at home. they got the Eagles coming in. Who else? they got Baltimore at home, Washington at home. they got a nice Look schedule. schedule. I looked at the schedule. Okay, mini, mini on the road, right? Giants. Dallas. They could. They could very Detroit, easily have a bye. Detroit on Boxing Day, and then you got Dallas and Philly on New Year's Day. But that schedule is pretty soft. They could have a bye. Dallas could have a bye. It's the year. All right, <laughs> that's all my right. quarterback. Let's With go. With Dak as the quarterback. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see stay tuned as this develops, man. That was a good debate. It is an interesting question, right? But I do like that strategy, and we'll see if that's what they do. Maybe look for Tony Romo coming off the bench in the third corner, quarter this week against uh, the Eagles at home. Next, next up, week. our topic next week. Sorry, It's a bye week. Oh, it's a bye week. Yeah. My bad. That's right. Oh, a lot of time for this to fester and marinate. Yeah. Like the Dallas Cowboy gumbo that it is on the back burner. All right. Let's get to our topic of the week. We're talking some Raptors burning questions. Having deja vus on the mic. Deja vus. <laughs> Do we have a drop for the burning questions, or we're just doing it this way? Well, I was going to bring it up when you kind of describe the segment and how we're going to handle it. All right, all right. Well, this is a burning question. Now, I uh, missed half the production meeting, not to my own fault. Well, let me let me let me thank you, Marky. So we're going to talk about the Raptors. The Raptors are tipping off next Wednesday in Detroit against the Pistons. We we broke that news here yep, on the show when we had to Google it. October twenty sixth, <laughs> or is it the twenty eighth? Now twenty sixth. Now drill into our minds. Home opener twenty eighth. Against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Henning champs. Uh, so there's a lot of questions going into the season, as any season. And uh, we're going to go around the room and kind of ask ourselves, what is the one big burning question? Ooh, that timing. Logs on the fire. Uh, burning question that we have about this upcoming Raptors season. We're going to start with our NBA, I was going to say insider, but we'll say NBA <laughs> senior editor, Kyle Forster. All right, boys. My burning question for the Toronto Raptors coming into this new season is will Jonas Valanciunas, longtime center, finally take the next step that we've all been promised? 
for the past four seasons? That's a good uh, burning question. What are your thoughts, Phil? You know what? My thoughts are that is a great question because that whole Biombo business got a little bit blown out of proportion. He had that one monster game. Mm-hmm. He had a couple decent games, but I keep forgetting, which is hard to forget, they didn't have him against uh, against the Cavaliers. So he got hurt against... Are you uh, talking about Biombo? No, no, uh, JV. Yeah, because they lost him in the Miami series. The Miami series where they lost him. I think. That's right. I remember that with Whiteside. There was those battles going on. They lost him. So you didn't see the Raptors at full strength, which would have been interesting. I mean, they managed. Yeah, JV, sorry to kill your point. JV came back, like, I think game three, maybe, in the Cavaliers series. Oh, he missed the entire. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was hurt in Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. he got hurt in Miami, came back game three, maybe, but he only played, I think, 15 minutes or a game. That was it. Okay, wow. It wasn't the same. But he had that, like, those couple. Electric games in, in, oh, against the Pacers, where he was like, yeah. we were in the square actually yeah. when it happened, and I was wearing the Valanciunas jersey. I was a hero, <laughs> and I'm just kidding. But uh, he, he he was uh, he was electric, and I think he already kind of took a step. And all, all my point is this: is that the the team is definitely banking on it. I mean, they sent out Bismack, or you know, sent him off, or let him go rather. But uh, they obviously think that he is a player to build around. And if you're saying, like, who is – you need three players to win a championship. Who's that third player in the Raptors? I mean, the hope is that Valanciunas propels himself into one of this where you can call him a big three player. I, I think, personally, I, JV is one of my favorite players. He's, I think he's been ready to take this, this step as they say, for a couple of years now. You just look at his analytics and his uh, his averages, per minute averages and the way he scores the ball, and he's one of the best post players in the league, like already. He was two years ago. He's been up there in field goal percentage, efficiency, all those juicy, juicy analytical stats that people love to cite. He's always near the top of the list. And I think as far JV's a great player, but as far as his statistical next step goes, I think it's on Dwayne Casey and Kyle Lowry because Dwayne Casey needs to run more sets for JV when the Raptors' offense gets stagnant because it happens all the time. You saw in the playoffs, like their offense had some pretty rough games. Um, he needs to run more sets for JV that get him in position to score, especially when he's got mismatches. I think also in the season. I think uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think in the season that helps a lot because I find that the Raptors have succeeded the last couple of years in the season, but it seems like at the expense of Lowry and DeRozan's uh, their you know just their energy. Like he's mm-hmm. overusing them. Like with mm-hmm. some of these like weaker teams that they'll face, if they just like find a way to dominate the paint and you know get. JV the ball, you can kind of take a little weight off the shoulders of, of Lowry and DeRozan because they've yeah. shown that sometimes, especially two years ago when Lowry was overworked, um, when DeRozan was hurt and Lowry was overworked and they got swept in swept Washington, Washington. Yeah. Y- you could see that sometimes it takes a strain. And this team is too good now. They've got to start worrying about the season in a way that they need to maintain for the playoffs. I know they're not, they may not get the first seed, and mm-hmm. that sounds like something that people were talking about Golden State needed to do last year. I know we're not Golden State, but we've got to find a way to make it easier on everyone, I think. Hey, I can't even uh, I can't even weigh in above that. That makes sense. And the vibe was was excellent when JV was going well in the playoffs. Yeah, he from, he was the only reason they won that. From Indiana limited series. knowledge, from seeing it, I have watched some basketball. I'm slowly getting into it, but you just know when things are clicking, and that makes so much more sense to have that third guy that not only can rebound but can actually get you those points in the paint. So that's a great point. A huge burning question. Jonas Valensuenas is that <laughs> Valentunas, JV. 
All right. My burning question, man. Let's let's be honest here. Let's all show our cards and admit something. The Cleveland Cavaliers are an absolute juggernaut. Now, you're seeing LeBron James, who is a freak. And if you're if you're thinking LeBron James ain't the business, you're a complete idiot. Uh, there's a lot of sports writers out there that grew up in MJ's time, and they're pumping Michael Jordan. No disrespect to MJ. But LeBron is creeping up there with a lot of his accomplishments to the point where with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and the set they've got in Cleveland, they're jugging out to the point where I don't think – let's be honest here, right? I don't think the Raptors can beat them realistically. They can't. No matter how good JV is, no matter how good Lowry and DeMar go, they can give you two – Great games in a series, maybe the third one. Do they have what it takes to knock off LeBron at full health? I don't. So my burning question is, how on guard's green earth are you going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and get past LeBron if you're going to make an NBA Finals? That's my burning question. Injuries. <laughs> That's That's I, I was. We were talking a little bit uh, before we got on the air, and my brother always douses my excitement uh, whenever I get excited with the Raptors, because he goes, like, really, what is the point? <laughs> and uh, it is it is kind of upsetting. And other than, compared to, like, football, where, you know, anything can happen in one game, can we beat some of these best teams in, in these, you know, best-of-seven series? And it's, it's tough. But a couple of injuries, you know, if LeBron goes down, there goes Cleveland. But LeBron doesn't, has never really went down. And with, mm-hmm. you know, Golden State... If Clay Thompson goes down or Kevin Durant goes down or Steph Curry goes down, well, the other two haven't. So, I mean, and Draymond, whatever, if you're a fan of him, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, it's it's tough. You know, it's sports, though. There's a reason we play the game. And maybe if a few players do take this next big step, JV maybe becomes that dominant three and we get a couple. You know, I just don't like – sorry to interrupt myself, but I just don't like – wishing for injuries. I don't like to think like, ah, oh, rap season's yeah. good as long as this person gets injured. That just You want to see teams beat or win at their top. Play them at their best, at but their that's best. my burning question. Yeah. If they are at their best, realistically, um, are the if Raps you, doing this? Yeah. If, if the Cavs are at their healthiest, the Raptors are at their healthiest, the Raptors are not going to win a series. I think... This year, because last year it's six games. You look at six games. Oh, it's probably um, pretty competitive. It was not very competitive. It wasn't the plus home. they they got beat by eighty something points in the plus minus, and they still took two games. Like that's just when they won. They won by I think two and three points. Yeah, it was and then they lost five, and they lost. They always lost by at least double digits. It was a hundred, I think. Yeah, in and there was like two games that were thirty plus. It was yeah. Um, oh. But, yeah, I don't think with a healthy LeBron James, the Eastern Conference is fucked, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's just completely fucked. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, the Raptors, I don't think with their current they have a, they have, their current core can get them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I have all the confidence in the world in that. But when you are facing, in my opinion, this, I want to say the best player of all time, but I still don't know if I can say that. Um you're just not gonna. You're not gonna beat him because he's always gonna be. He's always gonna be the best player in the series. He's gonna ha- make everyone else around him better, even if his teammates aren't better than the team he's playing. He's got to drop off sometime. Maybe he drops off this year. Who All knows? Right. Maybe maybe we'll Golden see. State the, the chemistry doesn't melt. Maybe the Raps then win the championship and and, and, and outside side of the Pistons, I believe in 2004, someone dropped this nugget recently. You need an MVP to win. Like the Pretty number much. of teams yeah. that have gone on to win the NBA Finals have had an MVP in the roster. Whether it was that year or a previous that year, yeah, or yeah, previous yeah, years. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I mean that it's a crazy stat. Now, outside of the Pistons in '04, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's one of those. Like you definitely need 
that that kind of a force that mm-hmm. LeBron. But is, helps so. that Tim Duncan was MVP one. Yeah, and I mean the closest the Spurs every time the Spurs. Yeah, the closest you could say might be Dallas in 2011. I mean, Did Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Dirk was an MVP, right. but he was an MVP in 2008. And he wasn't near the player he was when they played but Miami. It's still, in he's still technically he's still, the team, and right? like, and he played pretty incredibly that series. But that's as far as like championships go. Since you said that 04 Pistons go, like that's the closest you get to not having a bona fide superstar on your team. Before we wrap it up, maybe we should just go around the room and give our what we think they're going to end. We did our over unders last year. We did our, last week. We did a little bit of a debate, but just in terms of how far you think they're making the playoffs and. Phil, thoughts? Yeah, I think I predicted 51 wins yep. on the show last week. I could be wrong if anybody wants to 51. troll that. 51.6. 51 points. That's right. It was a point six <laughs> CBS. I forgot about that. I'm a little concerned about Boston. Uh, I'll admit my faults. I don't, I'm not fully knowledgeable about basketball, but I'm in tune, right? The, the, uh, it was a Horford character you said he, he yeah. picked up. So Boston is a force. Shout out Kelly Olnick. From my Kamloops, BC. Always love watching that kid play. But like, who's now going to be on the bench? So much <laughs> is he now going to be on the bench? Yeah, yeah. Well, I all guess. Right. Well, Horford, you could technically put them both on if you're going big. But all right, all right. Now we're getting, not now really, getting deep, deep really labyrinth here. Scoring, yeah. Basketball chat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Boston's now a bit more of a force. The Knicks will be an interesting question to see what happens there with Derrick Rose. He could go off. You never know. Or. He could just fade away. So that's you need an MVP to win a championship. Right, so Nick's got a better shot, apparently. I see the Raptors getting back to the conference final and unfortunately losing again to the Cleveland Cavaliers unless there was an injury a la Pistons back in the day where they faced the Lakers and Magic got hurt. You know, sometimes no no love lost the bad boys, but sometimes, hey, if that MVP's missing, it opens up for you. I hate trying to get in on technicality, but yeah, I see the Raps winning 51, getting back to the Eastern Conference Final, and losing, unfortunately, in five games to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Five games, wow. Um, yeah, I can, I can, depending on the way the uh, regular season finishes as far as seeding goes, I can't see them not making the uh, East Final again. That's That should be the expectation. And they should compete better this year, I, I feel like, too. Let's see, though. I see them just missing the finals going seven games against Ooh. either the Pacers or I'd say probably Boston and and losing. I think they're going to take a slight step back, but not something that's going to... I think I just kind of am maybe wishful thinking that they just need to take a, like a, a one step back to kind of get a wake-up call to realize that they do need to acquire maybe a third cornerstone piece or they just need to do a little bit more because... You can't blame them right now. Every year they've been getting a little bit better, a little bit better. So you can always lean on that and be like, well, next year we're going to be a little bit better and that could be the push. But, you know, they may have peaked with the current roster. So I think there's going to be a small step back and they're still going to be very competitive, but they might just just miss that Eastern Final. So. Right, right. And you get Damari Carroll healthy this year as well, too. Yeah. And he, well. Is there a hopefully. piece they need, though? Like can they pick up someone through, like a free agent? Like what's their one need just as an outsider they, looking in? They need, a well, three. they need a th- well, Damari, that's what they got Damari for. Yeah. I mean, Damari fits holes that they, the glaring holes that they had before they got him. They could Shooting go smaller and, and have him play four and defend some of the more. If, yeah. yeah. Like, if they could get a guy that could play 3-4, a starter-worthy player that could play 3-4, or apparently LaMarcus Aldridge is, there's some rumors swirling in Spurs organization about LaMarcus Aldridge. Being available for trade. Being available because... NBA is such a rumor mill. There's always a, like one it's guy. It's so dramatic. It's elaborate. <laughs> <'Cause> comprehensive. ESPN, <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if you know, they have this uh, trade 
track not trade tracker trade simulator thing on ESPN yeah. where you can just move players around and it gives you a green light if like the salaries all work the lineup, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I feel like most rumors are just some fat guy in their basement playing around with that seeing the green light and then just going off on trolling in the, all the interwebs and getting people to uh, to buy into it. But uh, not sure where the rumors started. But yeah, all of a sudden GMs are talking to each other in the phone. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's available. I don't yeah. even know. That's a thing. Nice one. Well, let's wrap it up for the week here. Uh, we didn't talk any Blue Jays, but if you want an update, do we want an update on the air? Sure. Because you're gonna. Because I want to know. <laughs> Please don't let the season end today. They're down three one in the series and presently losing three nothing in the bottom of four. They just got their first hit af- of the afternoon off a rookie uh, pitcher. Uh, this merit character, rookie or unproven pitchers. So not looking good early, but hopefully next time we're on the air talking next week, the Jays will be in the World Series knock on wood. Fosty, what, uh, where can we find you? What, are you? what are you writing about this week? Well, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to be writing about this week. It's going to be something NBA related, so uh, keep an eye out for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Cal23, K-A-H-L-2-3. And you can follow me at Mark Stanush, that's S-T-A-N-I-U-S-Z, and I am writing tomorrow. I've been kind of off track of not writing what I've been saying on the air, but that's going to end this week. I always <laughs> say it. Uh, I, we were talking about the few games uh, that happen in week one NFL. It happens every single week that just, nice. especially for gambling and fantasy and all that, that just throw every single fan for the loop. And they hold on to this, this weird week one performance. And they just realize that was just a mirage. It's all a lie. And uh, which week one games deceived fans the most this year? Love it. Jump into conclusions. Yeah, Mark and I have a little bit of a pickoff going. If you want to check it out, we, we predict our uh, winners straight up against the spread. And Mark is starting to kill it. So if you need some advice, uh, Mark's got the picks. I'm now getting my head above water after a brutal uh, early stage there. I think I had like a 3-10 and 10 one week. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. It's brutal picking these games early. But things are starting to make sense in the NFL. Uh, this week I'll be touching on the Blue Jays depending on what happens. So it's kind of deadline iffy depending on what happens there. We'll, we'll touch in and, and give the Blue, Blue Jays some more love on the, the digital print. Uh, you can find me at Phil underscore Jones 2020 on Twitter. We have uh, all kinds of other stories there for you. Wrapping up, you know, Raptor burning questions. Romo Prescott, what's happening? Awesome Matthews, piece on there too to check out the scores. You can uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, catch-22sports.com, and we will catch you next week. Face all red in the face looking